Welcome back to the Scene to Scene podcast. On this week's episode, we have guest Jennifer Lauren. Jennifer Lauren is a Cherokee producer, writer, director, actress, and the director of the Cherokee Nation Film Office and Original Content. Now, according to her, natives currently compromise less than 1% of the professions, the significant need of diversity, inclusion, and accurate representation of native identity within the film and television industry has remained prevalent since the industry's earliest days. Now, the mission of the Cherokee Nation Film Office is to increase the presence of Native Americans in every level of film and television industries while creating opportunities for economic development and jobs in the Cherokee Nation. Jennifer Lauren's work sort of ripples throughout the industry so much so that Dead Center Film will present Lauren with the 2022 Oklahoma Film Icon Award during the state's largest film festival later this month. Dead Center Film honors outstanding film industry professionals for their challenging work and efforts in bloistering Oklahoma's film landscape while helping fuel the state's rise as a filmmaking hub. The Oklahoma Film Icon Award recognizes the passion, determination, and creativity of individuals with past honorees that include Alfre Wittard, Sterling Harjo, and Wes Studi. On this episode, Jennifer Lauren and I talk about representation of Native and Indigenous uh, portrayals in Hollywood and what that's looked like throughout the years. We also talk about why change is happening so slowly and how she's looking to change the film landscape in Oklahoma. Thank you thank you jennifer for stopping by the you know deadline scene to scene podcast i i really i wanted to talk to you because i i love what you do i love what you're doing and i wanted to know more about it and i wanted others to know more about it so can you just sort of introduce yourself and and how you got involved um you know and built the sort of community that you have like right now sure Nagad, uh, Jennifer Lauren Dawadol. Hello, everyone. My name is Jennifer Lauren. How we say hello in the Cherokee language. Um, yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to talk about everything we have going on. Um, and, you know, my background is a little bit different than a lot of people who are in the film and television industry. Oh, aren't, so. aren't we all like? <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, so I started out as a journalist. Um, and so I was a television news anchor and reporter, investigative reporter, um, and started doing long form journalism, which essentially was a short documentary work. And I was hired by my tribe, the Cherokee Nation, mm-hmm. to come over to work for the tribe and start creating content for them. Um, and the first thing we created was a docu-series called OCO, Voices of the Cherokee People. Mm-hmm. Um, we're now in our seventh season. We've won 13 regional Emmy awards. So check wow. it out if you can. But but what we learned through that process of creating that show, we partnered with local and native filmmakers in the Tulsa, Oklahoma area. Um, and we learned a lot through that process that you know this is a growing industry um, that we needed to support and that we could create jobs for our people while we're supporting this industry and while we're telling our stories. So it's kind of like win, 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 you know? And so, um, 
we use that as sort of a jumping off point to say, look, this is proven uh, successful and we want to blow this up on a global scale. So we created the Cherokee Nation Film Office, which supports the industry, supports native filmmakers, supports indigenous storytelling, and then just supports you know, economic activity here in the geographic boundaries of um, the Cherokee Nation. Mm -hmm. And the Cherokee Nation, if I'm not mistaken, is the locale is mostly Midwest? South? We are in we are in Oklahoma. Okay. So we take up about seven thousand square miles in northeastern Oklahoma. So we have a little bit of everything. We have you know the foothills of the Ozarks, mm -hmm. um, and we, you know with the waterfalls and pine tree forests and rolling hills, and we have prairies, tall grass prairies, and um, we have caves, and then we also have small towns, small town Americana, and then we have part of the city of Tulsa is in the Cherokee Nation as well which is where I am today. Okay, fantastic. And, and I hope you don't mind because there's even, you know, parts of the indigenous community that I don't know and that, you know, I'm learning about still as we go because you can't rely on the public school system for anything in New York City. So, you know, people, you know, I get educated through people like yourself and, and, and other people sort of, you know, telling me what's what. So thank you for that. Cause I, I would thought it was like reserved to the Midwest but I wasn't sure of the locale. And so you created, you know, the, the, this, this film fund. And what do you, if you could give some quick comments on what you think of the state of native indigenous storytelling in Hollywood and what that looks like today. Um, because, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, there are a couple of, of, of films, um, independent films like Smoke Signals and stuff like that, that exist. But then there's the other garbage like Last of the Mohicans and all of the stuff. So what do you, what do you think about yeah. the state that it's in now? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I think that Hollywood is for the most part on the right path. Uh, moving in the right direction, but there's a long way to go. Um, so, you know, all of those um, projects that you just mentioned, um, you know, I feel like they were so long ago. Um, and if you look at what's on television right now, we have some great series that um, people should check out if they haven't already. So um, Rutherford Falls mm -hmm. is, a, is a great series on Peacock that, you know, has uh, modern day Native Americans on it. Yeah. That's one of the things that's so important to us is that, you know, to help people understand that we're not, Native Americans are not people of the past, we're here today. And so Rutherford Falls does a really wonderful job of that. Um, and then Reservation Dogs as well. Um, so that's on um, FX, if anybody wants to check that out. Um, those are two examples, but we need more. Um, and so I'm really excited about um, all of the uh, excitement that I see as the director of a film office for people wanting to tell indigenous stories and really trying to do it the right way. I recently saw, I know, um, I know um, of Rutherford Falls and, and, and of uh, Reservation Dogs. There was a film I saw at TIFF last year that was called Night Raiders. Um, and it, it chronicled the, the indigenous experience, but I believe it comes out of Canada. Mm -hmm. um, but there, there, there are, you know, there is content out there. You're just, you're right. It's just not enough. And you have 
you know, some actors out there who have made careers and, and names for themselves, like um, Irene Bedard and, and Adam Beach and um, Michael, no, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong. Gray Eyes. Yes, thank you. And West Duty. And West Duty, and, but there needs to be more of them. So how does your initiative plan to make that happen? You know, there's the money component, but I just want you to talk about more of what's involved in the process. Sure. Yeah. So as far as, you know, people who are in front of the camera are actors, you know, in the past, a lot of times Hollywood would fill native roles with non-native people. Right. And there's really no excuse for that anymore. Um, you know, there are a couple of handfuls of really well-known, talented native actors and actresses, but there's so many more who are undiscovered. And so we're making a push to say that, you know, Hollywood needs to think outside of the box when they're doing casting and look for people that maybe they haven't heard of before who are very talented. And so our film office has the first ever Native American talent directory on our website. And um, anyone, any citizen of any federally recognized tribe can put themselves into our talent directory. And so it's being used, I know, by casting directors all over the country right now. Uh, we get thank yous all the time for it. And people, they're finding new untapped uh, Native American talent on our directory. And I think that's just the tip of the iceberg, but I'm really glad to see it happening. And it's, you know, more, I guess, as Hollywood opens up super slow, but as it does open up to, to more equity and inclusion, you know, and as they do these studies, they break down who's represented where and in what mm -hmm. role, whatever. What about behind the camera? We have, we have the, some of the names that we mentioned in front, but what are, we, what are we seeing behind? Are we getting more directors, producers, and executives as well? Or is that also something you think is pretty stagnant? There's definitely um, a push for that. And as more indigenous filmmakers, um, are being hired by productions and are saying, I need an indigenous crew as well. There are pipelines being created as we speak, but you know, we need to all be focusing more on creating those pipelines because, right. you know, in my opinion, I get, so I get requests all the time, you know, from, you know, a studio will call and say, Hey, I need a native American showrunner, you know, and I'll name off, you know, who I know. And they'll be like, yeah, they're all busy who else do you have? And I'm like, well, here's the thing. We haven't been invited to sit at the table right. for a long time. And so now we're invited to sit at the table and you expect us to have everybody with the chops, you know, to, to do these things. And we just, we're working on it, but you know, we, we need more people to partner, to, to understand the need to have these uh, native and indigenous crew members, um, as part of their projects and then to do what they can to help create that pipeline. So we're putting people in apprenticeships. Um, we're also partnering with whoever we can just to get people um, to get the education that they need. We partnered with the Oklahoma Film and Television Academy, for example, and gave scholarships to an all native class of students to go take this to be a set ready PA, mm -hmm. you know, all those kinds of things. And then in addition to that, though, we do have, um, similar to the Native American talent directory, we have a Native American crew directory on our website mm -hmm. um, that you have to have one professional credit to um, be on our crew database. And you also have to be a citizen of a federally recognized tribe, but that's being used also and it's growing all the time. 
these sound like really, really, really good initiatives. Can you talk more about how, because I'm reading right now about the, the, the fund that you're talking about. And so how would people go about accessing uh, the resources that the, the program provides? So um, just for background, we launched a, a $1 million Cherokee Nation film incentive a few weeks ago. Um, it's the first of its kind for a tribe to, you know, put a, a cash film rebate out there. And so essentially what we're, what we're doing is we're incentivizing productions to come film in the Cherokee Nation, right. but also to hire natives. And that's in every, you know, in front of the camera, behind the camera, above the line, below the line. Um, and so we have kind of a base, we'll, we will incentivize um, or give a rebate on any crew that you have boots on the ground inside the Cherokee Nation at 10%. Um, but then, you know, for every native, it, you know, your percentage gets higher and goes all the way up to 25% if you hire Cherokee Nation citizens or Native Americans uh, inside the Cherokee Nation. And then above the line, if you hire any natives, then they're incentivized at 25%. So that's a 25% cash rebate. And that, that can be combined with Oklahoma's uh, film incentive, which, um, or it can be on its own either way. And so it's really easy to access all the rules um, and regulations. It's on our website, Cherokee.film. Anybody can access it. Anybody can apply for it. Thank you. Thank you for that. And I, actually, I'm curious to know, what do you think? I'm gonna talk a little bit about film here. What do you think about, when? because earlier you mentioned about like, past and present portrayals. Mm -hmm. Can you elaborate more on that and how that has affected um, the Cherokee community or the Native American community as a whole with mm -hmm. these sort of raw and, and seemingly tropey one note archetypes, you know? Sure. This, I mean, this is a deep conversation and we could talk about this for hours yeah. and hours yeah. and all the different ways it's affected people. You know, they don't even know it's affected them, but um, you know, one of my biggest challenges as we try to get all these initiatives out there into Indian country, if this tells you something, is that um, our Native youth, they don't, it's hard for me to connect with them because they don't think that Hollywood is for them. They're like, oh no, that's not for Natives. That's, that's for white people. <laughs> and so they don't see themselves on screen. They don't see themselves having jobs in the industry. Um, and, and what we're trying to do is break through and say, uh-uh, no, you, you, there is a place for you here. And, um, and, you know, we've got to work on that. But I mean, just, just you know, even speaking with our elders, um, a lot of them stopped speaking the Cherokee language when they started watching television. And there were the only representations they saw of Native Americans on television when they're sitting in front of their black and white, you know, TV back in that day, you know, you can imagine what the, um, it was just cowboys and Indians and they were Indians that had red face, you know, or, you know, so um, I think that as I talked about like the, the success of our docu-series, for example, people saw themselves on TV, you know, high quality documentary production values and the sense of pride that that instilled in people. And then you know, people who maybe were super shy about being on television were super proud that they're on television now and they're at, they're saying, hey, so-and-so should be on this as, as well. So just having that representation, seeing, seeing your people on screen has a huge impact. And so the more we can do that, you know, 
the more they'll see themselves in the roles, the more confidence it instills in just not only having a place in film and television, but just having confidence to do something outside of what you think you're supposed to be doing as an indigenous person. Does and that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Um, and it leads me into my next question about your personal opinion on this, but I feel like there's this thing, especially because you know all the Hollywood execs are white men, uh, mm -hmm. older white men, uh, who constantly seem to miss the point that there is not only like you know emotional connection, but monetary value in representation. Why do you think, in your personal opinion, that the indigenous community has been constantly looked over and ignored? That's a good question. Let me think about that. <laughs> Because I think I don't know. Our stories are so plentiful, and you know, we just—it's a—that's it, a tough question. Um, there is no reason for it other than you know, it didn't suit the Hollywood executives uh, and the types of projects that they wanted to make and who they wanted to be making them with. Um, mm -hmm. And um, so, I don't—I don't know why. I know that's a huge, like loaded question, but I, you know, I think I often think about the why of everything and wonder if we get the answers, if we can like solve the problem or accelerate yeah. the solution, um, mm -hmm. you know, at a much faster rate. Cause it, it, I can't even think of any reason why they would think any other community other than white men would not be financially profitable in any way. Oh, yet they don't go to the movies. Right. Are you kidding me? Right. Right. It, one thing that that's definitely a good point. But also another thing that as I'm sitting here thinking about that question is that um, if you think about the Native American representation uh, that has existed in Hollywood, it, they right. always put natives as people of the past. Yes. And that so if you, if you do, if you do projects that show them in any other way, then it kind of kills your storyline. Interesting. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. And I hadn't, I hadn't really thought about that because I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about actors and situations where, you know, indigenous actors, actors and situations where they're just playing characters mm -hmm. that aren't based around like oh, this person is Native American. Let's use the culture, you know, yeah. for the narrative, as opposed to here's an actor, that's it. <laughs> yeah. here, you know, here's an actor, or here's a director, yeah. or here's a producer. Yeah. And I, and I don't know, you know, I don't know if you'll agree with me, but it just seems like when you talk about the past, I think a lot of that has to do with, with how they still see mm. Native American people and why what you're doing is such an important thing and, and, and sort of elevating the culture and also getting them to see themselves <laughs> at the movies. It's unfortunate nobody should think that something is just for one person. I'm kind of shocked right. that you said that. I, I'm shocked, I'm still stuck on that. I'm like, they really think that there's nothing out there for them and that's, that's shame. Well, the good news, Valerie, is it's changing. And I, you know, I think that we're having conversations today that we wouldn't have had three years ago. Correct. Um, you know, our film office only launched three years ago. And 
I can't tell you the demand that we have felt for all of our services coming from Hollywood, coming from white Hollywood. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, our, the demand has been so uh, strong, you know, that we have been able to, you know, get our website up and running, launch our incentive. We built our own soundstage, mm -hmm. you know, we're, uh, we're working on development. It's, it's really an exciting time. And I think that, you know, Hollywood is getting sort of a taste um, of what could be, and hopefully that all of those perspectives are changing now. Yeah, because they, I know maybe I'm complaining where I'm like, oh, it's just too slow. It is um, slow. You're right. It's, it's too slow for me, especially when I see the rate of like how white women have been able to benefit from this change of inclusivity and equity, but nobody else has been able to benefit still. So I guess that's why I'm like, yes, it's changing, but move faster. Yeah. And you know, there's the attitude of like, well, you should be happy we're doing this and that. And it's like, I don't have to be happy. Right. right. So, yeah. Um, so giving some perspective on that, Native Americans are represented at a rate of less than 1% in media. Yeah. So, so yeah, we, we, it's moving very slow and we would like to raise that number quickly. Less than 1%. Amazing. Wow. See, I feel like I should have known that and I'm kind of embarrassed that I didn't, but that the, the, the number is terrible. So um, this has like been a very eye-opening and sort of shocking bit of information that you've given me. I, I really appreciate it. And I'm curious to know what else are you guys working on that people can look forward to hearing and seeing you know, from you and, and what's happening at the Oklahoma Film Office and what's happening with, like what, what more um, can folks expect from you? Yeah, so, you know, the, uh, our film office, the Cherokee Nation Film Office, we partner with the Oklahoma Film and Music Office and the Tulsa Film Office. And we are seeing a huge influx of really exciting projects coming to film in Oklahoma and Tulsa and the Cherokee Nation. So um, I think that, you know, as we start, you know, reading articles about the next series and where they're filming, you're going to see Oklahoma and Cherokee Nation a lot in those articles, which is really exciting. And um, my hope is that we can make the Cherokee Nation a hub for Native American filmmaking, you know, because um, we have great tribal support here, not just with the Cherokee Nation, but with the other tribes in Oklahoma. And so I would love to see people, you know, come here and think of here, oh, the Cherokee Nation, when they think of creating any indigenous content. Um, we have the resources to help and to make sure that we do it right. Um, but, you know, um, I think that one of the most exciting things to me um, that we have on the horizon is, you know, the use of our uh, soundstage. Mm -hmm. um, we have a virtual production soundstage in the Cherokee Nation that the tribe owns, and we want to use it to create Indigenous content. So I'm really excited about what the future holds there. Fantastic. Uh, thank you so much for stopping by uh, Deadline Scene to Scene podcast. This was really eye-opening and I can't wait for others to hear and, and learn about the things that you've discussed. And I hope, you know, when more of your projects take off, you can come back and talk about those and we can talk more about, you know, seeing if there's been any update or doubt. I appreciate but that. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me on, Valerie. And I, I, I hope that we have great updates for you next time we I, chat. I'm, I am definitely looking <laughs> forward to it. Thank you so much. Uh-huh.